Welcome to the Fruitful and Fearless podcast, where we're serving up gospel-fueled courage to the Christian woman to remain faithful in her calling. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Fruitful and Fearless podcast. Lexi and Jordan today. How are you, Jordan? Doing pretty good. How are you? Good. I wish you could smell my house right now. Smell your house right now? Yes. This okay. Is what I good smells or bad smells? Good smells. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if I told you, but I don't like pumpkin anything, usually. What's your problem? I know. It's pretty depressing. <laughs> <laughs> but you and Jared have been inspiring me so much, seriously. Um, and Joe Rigney has like this cake that he goes on and on about in his book, uh, the things of earth that remind him of Jesus. And one of them is a pumpkin crumb cake. So I have like all those heirloom pumpkins that I grew and Brian has been wanting to try the cake for a long time. So I'm making it. And oh my goodness, I think I could put up with the taste of pumpkin if I can have this smell in my house all the time. It smells so good. Pumpkin crumb cake. That sounds amazing. Yes. So for my birthday, I grew up almost every single year just having a bag of frozen berries with a bag of boxed cake mix. And I don't know if it was one or two sticks of butter melted on top and baked. Mm-hmm. And that's basically what this is. But instead okay. of the berries on the bottom, it's like eggs and sugar and pumpkin puree. Oh, my lands. It smells amazing. <laughs> so I had to tell you. So is it a so cake it- like a, you get like a nine by 13 pan? And yeah, it's almost like, like you're doing a pumpkin custard and then you just put the dry mix over it and then just pour a whole bunch of butter on top and mm-hmm. bake it. So did you buy a dry mix or did you make a drink? Yeah. Okay. No, I did. I've, I don't, I don't use box cake mix, but in recipes like this, I have tried to substitute with just like homemade before. And I don't know what the difference is, but it just, you need the box cake. Mm-hmm. I don't know Something what the difference is though. Uh, I saw today that venison for dinner made a cake in just like a pie pan and she made some kind okay. of chocolate cake and then put the dulce de leche on top. Oh, yeah. I want to make yeah. dulce de leche. Have you done that before? Uh, yes. <laughs> Is it amazing? It's so good. It's so okay. good. We, I did like a, I think I had like four gallons of raw milk one day that was pretty much going bad. And so Brian and I spent, I don't know, it was like nine hours, like boiling it down and boiling oh it down. Gosh. So I had mason jars, probably. That may have been from last fall. I still have mason oh, jars. Oh, cool. It's so good. That's oh, not a bad so thing to have in your pantry. No, it's not. An it's abundance fun. of dulce de leche. <laughs> so I, had, I have her recipe and I have one that is um, a little less toxic recipe. Hers she calls like a caramel cream, but it's like a similar okay. situation where you boil down. Um, but hers, you boil down a um, sweetened condensed coconut milk which I haven't been able to oh. find that. I mean, I can find sweet condensed milk, but I've never seen a sweet condensed coconut milk at our normal grocery store or at like the weird grocery stores in my town. Um, hmm. But I've never been able to find that. But I have before just boiled a can of sweet condensed milk and it makes a caramel situation. Oh, have yes, yes, I've seen that. Mm-hmm, I've seen it. Um, but I really, but anyways, that cake, she just made, I wish she would have told what she put in just her random basic chocolate cake. Mm-hmm. Use for I think dough. she has it on her blog, if I remember correctly. Okay. I think because so. I've, I've never made a, uh, well, I've made one cake. I'm not a good baker. Other, I can do bread, but other than that, I'm not a good baker. Oh, okay. One cake, like 
for Valor's birthday last year that was absolutely disastrous looking. It was the ugliest. Oh, <laughs> it was falling okay, over. So my sister-in-law bakes and sells cakes and I have her basic recipe that she's told me how to swap out for, for tons of flavor. So I'll send you that because okay. it, I, that's like what I use for everything. And they're always so good. Yeah. I need just like a good solid, you can use this as a base cake. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. I did make, I have a good recipe that makes cupcakes and it's like a tender white. It's, it's, um, King Arthur's flower, tender white cake. Oh, okay. And it's really, it's really good white cake, but I've never done it in a cake. I've only done it in cupcakes because I'm scared of cake after I made a really bad one. Oh. <laughs> it's needed to tackle. I know it does suck. I'm not good at decorating either. And the kids always want to help. And it's just like, it is what it is guys. <laughs> yeah, it is so bad. But I have told me a few tips since I made Valor's last one, but I've just been so intimidated that it's like, I just, I'll just make cupcakes. I'll make them into cupcakes. I can't fail. And I made a few bun cakes it is that are easy. Yeah. Bun cakes are easy and oh, yeah. it tastes good. And it's like, I just can't convince myself to go for another one like that. <laughs> so, okay. So with your pumpkins yep, then, did you funny. like, did you roast the pumpkin first and then get the pumpkin? I've always just bought a can of pumpkin puree. I've never actually gone from a pumpkin mm -hmm. um so they are pretty big and it took me three batches to do this but i i cut them up in like maybe two inch slices and i didn't scoop out any of the the seeds or anything and i just stuck it in the instant pot with a cup of water for i think i ended up doing 20 minutes mm -hmm. and just kind of let it naturally release for a while and then i just scooped out the seeds and put them in one bowl and i scooped out all the meat it was um this Pilgrim Life who talked about it actually. Cool. And then I uh, pureed it with my little stick blender. Okay, cool. Yeah, that's so, awesome. I don't know. I keep hearing there's supposed to be a pumpkin shortage this year. I don't, I don't know. Oh, but, like pumpkin puree shortage? Yeah, it has something to do with COVID. I don't know yeah. what it is. But. They're probably in piles rotting somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> they got the COVID. Yeah. <laughs> um, I have a lot of butternut squash that I'm going to be roasting and pureeing, but I'm going to make some soup. I love mm -hmm. butternut squash soup. The big food thing happening at my house today is Jared got a deer. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. So lots of raw meat has been on my countertops today. <laughs> have, have the boys ever been able to help him like this before? So Ransom went last year to gut and skin the deer and he just watched. He was still pretty young, but he was so fascinated by the whole process. He was there and watching this year. Um, after Jared, it's, bow season just started two days ago. Um, so Jerry got one this morning and they came back and grabbed the boys and brought them and they got to like drag it up and cut the antlers off and the whole nine yards. So they absolutely loved it. <laughs> they absolutely oh, that's loved cool. It. Yeah. Um, so does Jared, what does he do with the hide, I guess the, the skin, skin fur? Nothing. We don't do anything. Yeah. With fur. Yeah. But with the uh, antlers, he's going to do, um, he was going to do like a European mount, but um, it was a seven point buck. So he's going to wait for a bigger buck to do that. And mm. we're going to put that one on like, we're going to put this year's on like a wooden thing. I don't know if you've seen the, mm -hmm. little, like a wooden plaque and you put the antlers on it. It's really cute. Mm -hmm. yeah. I like that a lot cool. better than like a deer head. I like just. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah the antlers are pretty cool. The antlers are cute. I don't need multiple deer heads in my life, but. <laughs> Antlers I can decorate. <laughs> That's so, really funny. Um, it, it's really cool because God just set it up perfectly. And there's like an older guy um, that lives right across the street, like less than a mile from our house. And um, 
him and Jared just hit it off and he has a bunch of land and is oh, cool. totally fine with letting Jared hunt there during bow season. Oh. And then today we were going to, last year we processed a lot of our meat, but this year we were, we were going to take it to a processing plant. And the guy's like, don't do that. I have a smoker. I have this meat grinder. He's like, I'll help you even make sausage and, um, oh, that's so awesome. and everything. So we're like, okay, we can, we can do it. That's so cool. Yeah. Cause with being pregnant, I was like, I don't know if we want to tackle all this this year, but I'm scared uh, about our pigs for that exact reason. <laughs> okay. So we have a fellow hunting friend that gave us these jalapeno cheddar brats that were venison. Oh they were man. Insanely good. They are so good. So that is one thing that we might take to his processor to get some of those just because they were like so good. Um, yeah, in that, I think we're going to try to do the rest of it ourselves this year. And he that's the part I'm nervous about is like flavoring meat. Cause you're kind of stuck mm-hmm. with, I almost want to get venison for dinners, our homemade life subscription. Cause she has her meat processing recipes in there. Oh, that would be really so, nice. I know. I almost want to do it, but I don't, it's only 12 bucks a month. So I could just do it in, mm-hmm. you know, the month that I need to actually do it and then just be done, but we'll yeah. see. Man, that would be really nice. I know that you can buy kits too. Like if you wanted to buy like a jerky packet of seasonings, like certain type of jerky seasonings, but I don't know. I feel like, I feel like it wouldn't be too hard to season jerky. Probably not. Just yeah. enough salt. Yeah. <laughs> enough salt for anything. It's good. It's fine. <laughs> so, okay. Yeah. Let's so we have a real topic that's not just yeah. food related today. <laughs> everyone can just like fast forward through the first 10 minutes of our episodes if you don't want to hear about food and cooking (laughs) sorry (laughs) so this topic is very relevant yeah I feel like and it's becoming more relevant among women I think especially Christian women as we're going to have to start standing up for what we believe in in order to prove the feminist wrong (laughs) um so our topic is smiling confrontation so what made you think about this Jordan So, um, well, you and I both have had recent, um, kerfunkles, I will call them, with people, and then I have a good friend that just had a really good conversation with someone, and all of them have ended very favorably, um, Mm. and, and it has just made me process through, like, okay, just because you disagree with someone doesn't mean that it has to um, include anger or anxiety or like all consuming thoughts about Mm -hmm. the confrontation. Um, And, and just the fact that God can work really awesome things through us being bold enough and brave enough to be like, Hey, wait a minute. I don't think this lines up with what the Bible teaches or whatever. Mm -hmm. So, um, that has been on my mind a lot lately over the past week, week and a half. And then, um, that has kind of led me down the rabbit trail of like, have we lost the art of a respectful debate as a society Mm -hmm. as a whole, um, (laughs) watching the recent presidential debate as well. (laughs) So on so many levels, just wondering, like, have we lost the ability to set emotion aside and disagree with someone? And Mm -hmm. respectfully um, have a back and forth conversation. And um, I think it was Rebecca Merkel that says um, that it's a skill to have a rowdy discussion around the dinner table. And that's something that we want for our children to be able to, as they're growing, as they're going to be growing up in a um, generation that will probably be (laughs) 
even more tilted um, than ours is. We want them to be comfortable disagreeing with societal norms. Um, yes. <laughs> and knowing how to disagree well, joyfully, kindly, boldly, truthfully, um, and then be able to move on to, okay, so what's for dinner? You know, like yep. it'd be not a big deal to them be able to have a disagreement and it, and like I said, it not be an all consuming situation. Uh, because before in my life, if I've had a disagreement with someone, it has completely overtaken my thoughts mm -hmm. um, with, with just being upset that I may have hurt someone or someone may be upset with me or, um, and just wanting everything to be as calm and peaceful as possible. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I think that we have to sometimes compartmentalize and say, mm -hmm. even if there are eight people that are like seething angry with me right now, it is okay. <laughs> and I can go on and cook dinner and be happy and joyful with the yeah. duties that God has in front of me. Yeah. So I do think sometimes when I do let it become too consuming, it's because I haven't done enough of my own work diligently like truly idle hands or devil's workshop in that sense. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, so I think that if we want children who are able to do that, we should yeah. be mothers and fathers mm -hmm. who are able to do that well. Mm -hmm. So uh, that means me personally, um, praying through, thinking through what that looks like in my everyday life with friends, with mm -hmm. um uh, family members who may uh, either disagree with something that I have said or done or put on Instagram, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. being able to confront that peaceably and truthfully. Um, and then uh, letting my kids see me do that joyfully and it not, it not ruin my day, I guess. Yeah. And, and to know that there is a reason behind confrontation um, and it's God and his word and um, the fact that God is holy enough to, that we should stand up for his word and mm -hmm. we shouldn't let others muddle it. And so I think that keeping on the forefront of our minds that this isn't about us, like that we don't just get in confrontations for confrontation's sake. Yes. Um, but that we have a high view of God's word and believe that it can be understood, that we do know mm -hmm. that God has spoken in his word yeah. and it is authoritative over our life and um, that we believe that for fellow believers mm -hmm. and we hold them to the same standard of God's word that we hold ourselves to. Yeah. And, and that's why we may have confrontation with someone, not just to like be a jerk. Or yeah, not no, just and like I, I be think, right. I think that's something that our generation is really missing is our epistemology is way off because we we are elevating doubt over certainty and scripture elevates faith over doubt. And so it's not if you're I tell my friends this in my reading group all the time, like use your social media to say something like say anything say something particular don't be vague don't just post i love my day today like be very particular because god's people are to love particular things and we are to say particular things and so taking a stance on something is not wrong at all it's just that our generation doesn't have a biblical epistemology or a biblical way to understand and know things anymore so they just take it as well you're being confrontational because you're taking a stance but Paul does tell us to develop convictions. So, yeah. you know, it's not mean. <laughs> right. Um, 
yeah, it's definitely not mean that uh, whenever we're, we honor God through our life and um, bring truths of his word tangibly into what we're doing, like through Instagram yeah. or whatever it may be, um, it's for the good of the person that we're talking to, that we're not just yes. trying to prove someone wrong or like elevate ourselves or our ideals above someone mm -hmm. else's, but we actually yeah. believe that the truth of God's word is good for people, that it actually mm -hmm. effectively is good for a person. So if we believe that, then we should want to be sharing this with people. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we're not just being argumentative, but I had a few examples from uh, Jesus, obviously was quite a <laughs> confrontational soul, <laughs> but uh, Luke 11 is the woes to the Pharisees. Mm -hmm. and, um, and then he goes on to be like, uh, or wait a minute, Luke 11. Yeah. So his woes, the Pharisees and then the lawyers are like, well, you're offending us also. And he's like, well, what do you do? <laughs> you know, that just because he was offending someone, it doesn't mean that he was doing anything wrong that, yeah, yeah. Uh, that their offense didn't make him backpedal and, and be like, oh, sorry. I didn't mean, I didn't mean yes. to offend you in that. I'll nuance that more for you next time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Let me give you 75 qualifications. Um, and like what you just said, Jesus, it shows he wasn't in sin just because he did offend people. Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. And he wasn't afraid to offend them. Like he, yeah. he knew what was in their hearts. And then uh, Matthew 23 is the woe to the scribes and Pharisees. And then in John 8 is when um, he addresses those who believe in him. And by the end of this chapter, they're picking up stones to kill him. And so it's, mm. It, there was, let's see. Oh, and then John six, it starts out with 5,000 people and then they all, he ends up offending them and they all leave except for the 12. And he's like, are you guys going to leave too? And yeah, no, you have the words of eternal life. So we see lots of examples throughout scripture of Jesus being very bold and quote unquote confrontational and it mm -hmm. not being sinful in any way. So, yeah. So I think that because we live in such a society of don't step on toes, everyone has their own truth, like don't, don't, um, don't mess with the tolerance, you know? Did you see the, well, you're not on Facebook, are you? No. I mean, I occasionally get on to look at something, but. There was literally somebody from the magazine I used to work for who used to edit for me. She was literally trying to get me to edit my work for it to be less offensive. And she told me up front, I won't agree with you whether or not you edit it anyways, but you really need to do this so you don't offend more people. And I'm like, no, this is not a sake of clarity. It's pretty clear. It's just that you don't like it and you want, and I just couldn't believe it. I was like, man, what weaklings we are. Yeah. We, it's not our job to make God's word more palatable. Correct. It, it does Correct. its own work. Like we don't, we don't have to try to make this be a spoonful of sugar to make it go down easier for people. It's mm -hmm. give the truth of God's word. His Holy spirit does the work in changing hearts. Yep. We give glory to God. That's it. Like we don't, we don't have to try to be as slippery as humanly possible. <laughs> make both sides happy. Um, but as I say that, why we title the smiling confrontationalists it is our job to, with joy, present this because it should, mm -hmm. the gospel should have so transformed our lives that we should give this news with joy, even if it is news yeah. of, hey, what you're doing or saying is wrong. Um, we mm -hmm. should be able to say it with joy and peace and kindness to the person that we're talking to. Yeah.
Um, and I think it's important just to even have a lighthearted nature about what you're saying. Uh, yes. Just yeah. to remain, uh, to know that the relationship is going to remain, hopefully, mm -hmm. as far as it is up to you, that the relationship mm -hmm. should remain, that this shouldn't be a, okay, we're disagreeing. So it's going to be a cut to our relationship. Um, yeah that I want this to be a um, productive enough conversation and a respectful enough conversation that we can continue on being friends after this. Yeah. I think the key to doing that is moving things from social media into the real world as quickly as possible mm -hmm. because people, I don't know, I can be in, in writing and writing quickly and trying to respond with children around. I can be a little cut and dry sometimes, mm -hmm. but I like to get people on the phone because it helps humanize yes. the argument, mm -hmm. but it helps also keep the other person from just being cut and dry. It helps that, um, is it the ethos, mm -hmm. the emotional side of the argument be there so that you can see, we can talk about this and disagree, but still be friends. Yeah. I think that part is missing on social media simply because it's not incarnational, like mm -hmm. actual relationship happening. Yeah. Um, and so therefore people, it's almost like made a bigger sca uh, schasm. Is that the word I'm thinking of? Yeah. Like Between that. people because it's not in-person relationship interaction. Yeah. So I do that all the time. Like if somebody's legitimately disagreeing enough, I'll say, you know what, let's have a phone call. And they don't often want to do that. But when I have been able to, it's been so good. Yeah. So yeah. good. Yeah. Or just get coffee. Like, hey, can we meet up yes. or go to the park or whatever, it, whatever it may be. Yeah. Um, and, and, to, and to not feel like that's a scary thing to do because you're planning yeah. to go and disagree with someone, um, know that it, like I said, it should be a furthering of your relationship, hopefully. Mm -hmm. And just yeah. praying and trusting that God will work and it will actually deepen a relationship rather than, yeah. rather than be a break. I think too, it helps. Like recently I had a conversation with, um, a friend of mine in the area who used to be a pastor and she is, I don't know if she would consider herself a feminist. She is a feminist by definition. She's egalitarian and female pastor. So, um, but it was even helpful for me to know how to go back and talk to feminists in a more pointed way now, mm -hmm. because I was actually interacting with her on the ground arguments, not just ones that I thought in my head that they might have, but how is like, how is this affecting her? How's her past affecting her? How is her husband affecting her? How are our children affecting her? in this and just so that I can now go out and be more equipped to 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 speak to feminists so it's very it's just so helpful to be able to be lighthearted and friendly about disagreements yeah yeah, yeah I agree um we were reading in first Peter this week in the Bible reading challenge and we had a really good thread going in our little uh version group but in first Peter 3 14 through 17 saying says have no fear of them, nor be troubled, but in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone mm -hmm. who asks you for the reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect, having a good conscience, so that when you are slandered, those who revile your good behavior in Christ may be put to shame, for it's better to suffer for doing good if it should be God's will than for doing evil. Um, so just being oh, prepared, so good. Yeah, to give a reason for the hope that's in you, that means that. Uh, we yeah. should be showing the world that we have a hope contrary <laughs> to what's going on around us. Um, and that we should, with gentleness and respect, be able to point to Christ. And what an opportunity that yeah. is right now in 2020 in the crazy world that we're living in. Um, just an opportunity that we have uniquely in our time in history, the time that God has appointed for us to live, 
um, to be able to point to him in truth and gentleness and um, just let people know about the hope that's in us. And sometimes yeah. that means saying things that are difficult for people to hear. So. We're not wearing certain items of accoutrement. <laughs> <laughs> certain health safety guidelines. So, um, and, and then just also leaving it in the Lord's hands. Um, yes. Having your conscience be clear and leaving it in God's hands to know like, God, I feel like my conscience is clear before you. I feel like I did yeah. um, what would honor you in this and then letting it go, not losing a week, not losing a week of sleep over it. Um, yeah. Knowing that he judges justly and um, that we mm-hmm. can do that. What was that one verse that you sent me the Matthew Henry commentary on? Are you getting that cake out of the oven right now? Oh, was that last week? I think it was. Hey, are you getting that cake um, out of the oven right now? Yeah, you want to see it? Yes, I want to see it. Stop ignoring my question. <laughs> oh, dang. That looks oh, it smells so good. Too. Yes. That looks really good. So does this have any icing that goes on top of it or that is that the end of it? No, that's kind of the end of it. Yeah. Yeah. Dang, that looks good. That would be good with a cream cheese situation on top too. Though. Oh, yeah, it would be. You could easily drizzle something. Yeah, that looks good. I'm going to see if I can find the link real quick, because you and I vox more than we text, so I bet it's there pretty quick. I, I think it, wasn't it last week in the Bible reading challenge? I think it was. Um, I know that it was about basically, I, I think he was just saying, like, uh, we are, we're going to have to prove our own works in the end. And so, here we go. Galatians 6. Yeah, I'm, you sent me the section. It says, the true way to have rejoicing in ourselves is to be much improving our own works and examining ourselves by the unerring rule of God's word and not by the false measures of what others are or may think of us. It is much more desirable to have matter of glorying in ourselves than in another. If we have the testimony of our consciences, if we are accepted of God, we need not much concern ourselves about what others think or say of us. And without this, the good opinion of others will stand us in little stead. So it is like the gift of a clean conscience before the Lord is, is just such a protection in those times to know that you've said what you should say and you've said it in a non-sinful way. Yeah. And I think that is what allows us to move to the, okay, so what's for dinner? Yes. Yes. Because you're not worrying about justifying yourself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That, so we easily move on to, okay what's in front of me for me to do? God, now what, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. let it being another duty of your day that you did Mm -hmm. to the glory of God and you can move on from now. Yeah. But, but, uh, but I will preface it by saying this, that, that takes, um, the work of us being in the word. So we know Mm. what we are saying and doing is God's truth that we are bringing to people, not just our opinion on a matter. Because if we're bringing yeah. our opinion on a matter, then our consciences aren't, aren't necessarily clear because we mm-hmm. cross to and fro by every wind of doctrine. But mm-hmm. um, if we know that what we are saying is based on the bedrock truth of God's word, then mm-hmm. we're not swayed. Our conscience is clear. It's God's word. Mm-hmm. I have no reason to question this. Yeah. So that means us yep. reading. Do you have verse? reading knowing the bible <laughs> yeah yeah so smiling confrontational confrontation and um, i always want to say smiling confrontationalists smiling confrontation either one i guess we did get the word protestant because we were protesting things so yeah 
what else you got about being smiling in conversation? Um, I just, I don't know. I just, I think I'm always trying to, and Brian and I talk fairly often about how I use social media. And I never want to overstep my bounds as a wife, but at the same time, we're like him and I have both agreed. I'm trying to show people that there are women out there that are actually using their minds Mm -hmm. on these things. And it's actually the feminists that aren't using their minds. And so I just, um, I just really do want to encourage women, like be willing to say something now more than ever, because if we want men that are willing to stand up for the truth, Um, We have to be women that are either encouraging them to do so with our words and sending them out with cheerfulness, inviting them back into our homes in a welcoming environment if they have been out there being attacked all day, um, or just yourself being like a really thoughtful, open-minded Christian, open-minded in the sense that Christ has liberated you from the elemental spirits of the world. You're not in bondage to what, you know, you're not in bondage to believing the shampoo bottle that says you're enough. That's, Mm -hmm. (laughs) those are lies. Yeah. So... Yeah. Yeah. So, and I think a part of this is also um, not second guessing your husband whenever he is standing up for God's truth, and yes. someone might be mad at him, even if it's yeah. de- even if it's a deacon board or whatever it may be. Yes. Um, like yeah. if your husband is uh, preaching the truth, then there are bound to be people that are angry with him. So we've talked about this a lot of times. Just being mm-hmm. fearless wives um, of husband. We want husbands that are fearless and um, stand up to things that are wrong, whether it be in the church or in the world um, or in government, whatever it may be. Um, So we want to be wives that welcome that and encourage that and aren't like that. Our husbands aren't scared to come home and tell us something like that, that they should come home and we should be like, good job. I respect you even more for doing that. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Um, I was boxing you earlier, but I heard Brian say he was teaching in a Sunday school class and I heard him say, um, that pastors should have the right to have a freedom of conscience as well. Mm-hmm. And that church congregate members owe that to their pastor as well. Cause I think a lot of times what happens is somebody doesn't like what the pastor is teaching. And so I, as a pastor's wife can start to want to bind my husband's conscience over certain issues when really the congregate member needs to ha- give him the freedom to preach the word the way that he feels God is leading to preach the word. So that was so helpful for me to just, again, give my husband the freedom to go forth and to share what he needs to share and for us to develop our own convictions as a family and not feel guilty about it. Yeah, exactly. So good. So courage, courage, dear hearts, courage. (laughs) Is that what Brian always says to you? Yes, he does. (laughs) Yeah. And two, okay. One more thing. Um, don't feel bad about seeing the foolishness around you when you are talking to people about this Mm -hmm. well when you are disagreeing with people don't feel bad about seeing it and calling it foolishness and laughing about it Mm -hmm. we see that all over in the book of proverbs yeah um where the author is saying look at that that's so silly don't be like that um Mm -hmm. so it's not it's not um you're not condemning other people you're just looking at reality the way god has made it and you're learning from it in a cheerful manner yeah so I, I think it's, um, I can't remember someone in the Wilson family, of course said, what it, it, what's more arrogant standing up in the pulpit and saying, this is what the Bible teaches or give standing up and telling a million stories about yourself and giving your opinion on stuff. It's like, for some reason, 
the world has begun to think that it is arrogant to have a hard and fast view of the truth. Yeah. And, and it's, it's not, um, we're actually just ambassadors of God who, who created truth. And we're just saying what he said, that's not arrogant mm -hmm. in any way to be convinced of the truth that the God of the universe said, it's far more arrogant for us to just say, well, my opinion on the matter is, mm -hmm. I could mm -hmm. be wrong, but this is my opinion on the matter. Like that's far more arrogant than saying, sorry, this is what the God of the universe has stated. And I'm just yeah. saying it to you. Oh yeah. Or the ones where it's like, well, many, many more educated theologians than you actually disagree on the, the original word in this passage. I'm like, actually, it's really clear. One, two, three, four, five words. Very, very clear. <laughs> I can read and, and that so is, I can understand that's something to understand too about our age. Our age is very into elevating the, um, the, the experts and it happens all the yes. time with theologians. Yes. Liberal theologians yes. want to pull this all the time. You don't know enough Greek to properly interpret that. Mm. Well, guess what? Scripture has been preserved for thousands of years yes. by the Holy Spirit. It's written yes. in English. I don't need a PhD in order yes. to do this. I have exactly. the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So don't in that, I'm sorry, but this happens all the time with feminists. That's how they wriggle out. They say, well, you haven't been educated enough. Continue your education. And it's just kind of like, I'm sorry, I'm not going to get the kind of education you want me to have. And I still have the right and freedom to have an opinion on the matter. Even Correct. If, and and that doesn't make me less right on something if I don't have the amount of education that you're stating <laughs> that Correct. I need. Um, and the whole, like, you need to have this much Greek and Hebrew and stuff. Um, the sovereign God decided what would remain in scripture in 2020. Yes. I can trust yes. that I can just yeah. do a straightforward reading and understand yes. it and, yes. and not have to know every bit of historical context, every bit of different languages that I can trust that the Holy Spirit has inspired it, preserved it, kept it, and I can read it. As yes. That's like one of the most basic principles of logic is mm -hmm. the plain most common sense reading of something <laughs> is the answer usually so when we get to these quote-unquote problem passages that we want to, well this is the cultural argument for that yeah. this is this argument it's, it's kind of like well what does it actually say use it your really mind just, it really just says that women should be silent it just it's really just <laughs> what it says <laughs> like you can tell me all that but i'm still gonna say that that's what it said <laughs> wow so anyways, now are you done? Yeah, that's, I think so. <laughs> Sorry. All right. Thanks for listening, everyone. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Fruitful and Fearless podcast. This show is a part of the ministry of the Shepherd's Crook. The Shepherd's Crook exists to remind pastors of Jesus through care, coaching, resources, and events. We have also started the Shepherd's Crook for Wives. Jordan and Lexi are contributing articles to the site, and you can find all the information at theshepherdscrook.co.